This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to episode 18 of Reimagine Law. And I'm delighted today to be joined by David Halliwell, Partner for Client Solutions at Pinson Masons. David, great to have you with us today. Thanks very much for asking me along. David, the topic we're going to look at today, which I know is something you're passionate about and think a lot about, is this whole area of the future legal landscape. Um, so if we can dive into that, I know you have a client focus, so we can talk a lot about that as well. But if we think about the, the legal sector in the UK, I think you and I have discussed many times how rapidly it's been evolving in terms of the business models, what we're needing to offer to clients. If we look ahead, David, thinking about the future, what might a legal service provider look like, do you think? Well, as you say, things have changed rapidly over the last five to 10 years, um, and that change hasn't finished. Um, There's still an awful lot of developments taking place and new entrants coming into the market. The big thing which changed in the UK was the ability for people who aren't lawyers to own legal practices. And that meant new entrants coming into the market. It also meant that the accountancy professions were able to own law firms. Um, And it meant a flood of money, new money, who suddenly saw that law was potentially a, a safe investment home or an exciting investment home. And that for us has really sparked a technological revolution in the UK. And I was talking to some people from the United States and Canada uh, just last week, and they were saying that they would still look to the UK as the leading market for legal technology development, even compared with what might be going on um, in the US market. So all of these factors together are still going to be pushing us towards um, a, a landscape where the players in the market are going to be different from what they are today. That's really interesting, as you say, especially to hear how people in other countries are looking at it. Is that partly driven? Do they see the us moving ahead and being fast moving? Is it partly that that regulators perspective that they said almost, OK, we'll let the market be a bit more open here to different ideas? Absolutely that. And other countries are taking two approaches. Some are looking at us quite enviously and saying, well, it'd be really good if we had that deregulation and more competition coming in, because that would provide the spark for us. And there are some jurisdictions which are still very uh, cautiously preserving legal advice to lawyers and stopping the threat of other people coming in. So you have these two different drivers. Um, So I think the, the UK market is a bit of a guinea pig in that sense, and other people are looking to see what's going to happen in the future. Very interesting. And and I guess one thing that's coming to that, you mentioned the big the big four. You know, I'm conscious we could talk a little bit during the podcast about your career though as well, but almost that multidisciplinary aspect to it, which I think you've hinted at there, as you say, firms are thinking about different structures. How's that played out in in your own firm or the, perhaps the addition of different disciplines rather than just, you know, the practice groups and the thing? What's, what's become different and more broad, perhaps? So we've been thinking for a long time about what it is that our clients actually need. Everything that we do is led by client need and client demand. And we realized quite a long time ago that clients are coming to us for a solution to a business problem. They're not coming to us with a legal problem. They've got a a business problem which has some legal aspects. So we have some legal skills which we're able to bring to bear to try and help solve that business problem. But there are other skill sets which we can bring in as well to support that delivery of a legal solution. Now, we're not, as a firm, thinking that we're going to go and compete with the big four and open up an audit practice or a big consulting practice in the way that they are. 
But there are other skill sets which we can package together with our legal skill sets to deliver a more rounded solution. So, for example, we have had for a long time pensions experts, not lawyers, but pensions experts working with our pensions team who are giving a, a different range of advice to our clients when they're looking to structure their pensions. We've had forensic accountants who've been working with our litigation colleagues, and they've been assisting with fraud investigations. They've been looking at the quantification of loss when we're making um, litigation claims, and they've been part of our teams for a long time. So we're now starting to expand that further. Project managers are coming in. We've got a really successful legal project management team, specialists whose skills are complementing our lawyers. We're now bringing in more technologists. Um, we have a diversity and inclusion practice. So those are people who are advising clients on their own diversity and inclusion strategies. And that sits alongside our employment team. So how can an employment team advise a client more broadly about its approach to the way it manages its people and manages its talent? That's really interesting, that last one, just to pick that last one, David, because what that says to me is that you need, I'm thinking about skill sets, as we always do for our listeners, that's needing to have perhaps some broader awareness, to ask some broader questions, to engage with clients, as you say, in a, in a quite broad way. I think it's partly bringing different skill sets and different questions in, absolutely that. But there's also a different way of approaching problems. Um, and this is something which I know that you're very, very interested in. But what we're increasingly discovering is that Lawyers have a particular mindset and they all approach a problem in a particular way. But for us, that um, experiential diversity, that diversity of thought and bringing those skills into um, trying to solve a client's client problem is just as important as the ultimate skills in terms of the delivery. So problem solving and the skills you have around that is an absolutely critical skill for us. I mean, that touches on I mean, perhaps we can come back to later, which is that whole thing of how do we educate future um future folk to go into an environment like that because it's not just a as you say quite a linear skill set or expertise I think as you and I've discussed before that there's the thought that as you say it's a business problem so actually what I'm not looking for as a client is just a technical point solution always it's I mean I loved your example there of the diversity and as you say so the employment team might be working with them but actually what about the wider strategy how actually what is the business issue as you say about broadening their talent pipeline in the client or something like that that they're working with that's really interesting we're increasingly finding that clients like us are purpose-led and they're looking at their, their wider um, uh, engagement with their, their stakeholders. Those could be people within their business, they could be their own customers and supply chain, um, or they could be their wider communities. And for us, we need to help our clients further their own purposes. So rather than just us say, well, here's a business problem and we're going to give some legal advice in isolation, we need to be able to take a step back and say, well, what are the wider objectives which that client is trying to achieve and how can we structure our advice, structure our solution to help them further that wider purpose? And one thing I think we're, we're, we're emphasising here as, as we go along, David, is almost that, that partnering with, with, with clients and that sort of depth of conversation that we're having with clients and uh, you said to me once before you know I love the phrase you, you used about co-creating solutions with clients are there some examples that there that you could you could give us on how that's working in the firm yes absolutely so um we like to see ourselves as as partners with our clients rather than just a service provider um and we like to um, envisage that we have a, a shared interest in, in achieving the client's objectives. We're not just there to provide advice, submit a bill and get paid. We, we, we want to have a longer term stake in, in, in their outcomes. Um, so we've had a couple of clients who've come to us and said, look, we, we've got a real challenge in trying to manage lots and lots of different law firms. Are there things that you can do with us to try and smooth that out and to help us reduce our costs? Because we've got a lot of duplication in our team. 
And one of the aspects of that was that their in-house legal team were just acting as procurement managers. All they were doing was going out to the law firms and saying, can you get some advice, uh, getting quotes in, managing those quotes, managing the billing. They weren't actually using their skills as lawyers. So what we've done with those clients is we've, we've said, well, give us all of your legal work in a particular area. And we will provide that to you on a long-term basis. So we will enter into a long-term contract with you, which will have incentives for you and it will have incentives for us to make sure that we continue to really provide you with the best service and the best delivery. Um, and that's enabled them to not worry about all that admin about managing a panel of law firms. Their lawyers can go back to being business advisors. They can spend more time with the business rather than time with, with law firms. And that for them has really, really helped them uh, solve that challenge. How do they develop the careers of their people? How do they provide a really focused business solution? for their internal clients and how do they reduce their legal costs so that that sort of partnering on a long-term basis is essential to being able to do that something you touched on there we started to talk about careers we've, we've hinted a bit already in, in this discussion around um skill sets um I, I did a chapter in a book recently where we talked about sort of broader skill sets what do the skill sets of the future look like and again thinking of our listeners here how do you see that in the future, uh, Give it, especially given all the, as you say, the breadth of service that you're now offering through the firm? What does that mean for people coming into their careers now, skill set wise? Well, I think people can have careers in legal practice without being lawyers. So I think there's a really interesting opportunity for people who are coming from other disciplines who might think, well, I could go into the big four or I could go into a tech company, but actually some of the skills will be highly relevant to a law firm as well. So don't think a law firm is the only place to go if you want to qualify as a, as a lawyer. There are other ways in which you can add your skills there. Um, yes, we will need lawyers and um, we will continue to recruit a lot of lawyers. That's going to be our, our fundamental um, basic service line is providing legal advice. Uh, but we need those lawyers themselves to be open minded to pursuing other skills as well. So, yes, we have professional legal project managers, but our lawyers, each of them need to be good project managers because they'll be involved in that. We have technologists. We don't need our lawyers to be able to code. If some of them can, that's an advantage, but we're not going to be uh, providing coding training for all our lawyers. And partly that's because we have specialists who do that, um, but also because a lot of the technologies that we're deploying now are configurable. So yes, we might people we might need people who've got an understanding of IT, which will allow them to configure existing technologies, but that doesn't mean that they need to be able to code. So there are things which are happening in the firm which can support people with other skill sets. Yes, we need our lawyers to have an open aperture, to be thinking about other things which they could add to their portfolio of skills. Um, and together with specialists and then with a broader uh, skill set within our lawyers, we think we've got the full range of things that we'll need to, to work with our clients. I think that's really interesting. And one trend I've, I've noticed, Dad, I can't remember if I've said it to you in the, in the past five, six, seven years, is it seems that we've gone through a phase where, as you say, it was more of a linear path and then people spread out as the firm started to invent these different areas in their businesses. But I think, as you said, what I think we'll, we'll, we possibly go towards is this situation where, as you said, right from the beginning, you can actually have a career path. So I think you get more multiple entry points, possibly, for careers, which is interesting for our listeners, possibly. Yes, and we're finding that um, we're recruiting a lot of people otherwise than from law firms. So people who've worked in banks, people who've worked in technology companies, people who've, who've worked in other sectors. And again, that all contributes to this idea that we have experiential diversity and diversity of thought. If everybody has always only ever worked in a law firm, then you're only going to have really one approach to doing things. If you've got teams who've come with very different backgrounds, either, either at graduate level or people who've been working in other industries for a while, then you're definitely going to end up with more creative solutions for your clients. 
That's really interesting, David, as you say, that whole thought of, of skills, how that links to career paths, what, what you, you're building in the firm. I'm conscious as well, there's almost the business model. And, you know, people have talked about the, say, the pyramid of a firm becoming more like a diamond. Do we have different almost employment relationships with people? Does that mean in the future people will have the chance perhaps to move around in employers um, more often? Or, or will that be almost the offer that you can be linked to us for a project, but then you can, you know, it's not an open-ended thing. How, how do you see that? Because that's been a really interesting shift the last two or three years. When I very first started as a lawyer myself, um, back in the 90s, one of the very first things the, the partner I was sitting with said was, the problem with being a lawyer is you're either too busy or you've not got enough work. Um, and this demand to manage peaks and troughs of activity remains for for, for, for all law firms. Um and one of the ways that we're approaching that is to recognize that not everybody wants to be fully employed all the time. Everybody has other things they might want to do in their lives. They might want to go off and do traveling. They may have family commitments. They may um, have particular hobbies that they want to spend time doing. So not everybody wants to work 95, um, 52 weeks a year. So um, we've been uh, creating a business called Vario, which is a, a flexible resourcing business, which allows people to work on a contract basis. So we use those um, out with our clients. So we second them out to clients and they work on, on client assignments. So the client might have a particular project or the client might have somebody who's going off on parental leave and they'll need somebody to come in and cover that. And we can provide somebody to do that. But we also have those people working internally. So we recognize that there may be massive pieces of work which will come in or particularly busy times of the year for particular teams as clients reach their financial year ends. And we'll need more people to work in the firm at those times. So we have this sort of flexible resource which we can bring in to help smooth out those those peaks of activity at the same time as giving people a rewarding career in a lifestyle that fits them and their aspirations. Just to take the Vario example, so if I'm if I'm interested in working for you, I can actually apply to Vario, can I? And and sort of so I apply and then I become part of the pool that then I, I can can do projects in that way. Yes, you can do projects within Pint Spaces or you can do projects on client assignment as well. So we you know we have the ability to to have people working inside and outside the firm under that model. Very interesting. And you know, I suppose it goes back to linking to clients and client demand, doesn't it? Because as you and I will know for many years, we were always balancing secondments, as you say, that that thought of the firm it was always always feels quite lean in the sense of resources around the firm especially when you know, I remember lots of our juniors partly it was a great idea to get the trainees going out on comments clients or some of the programs I invented where we had little placements out of clients that's great to get them the client experience but then of course they can't be in two places at once so yeah. I think that flexibility I guess for the firm really helps. Yes, it gives us many different ways in which we can resource um, different projects for different clients so yeah as many strings as we have to our bow it's always good to be able to have more. Very good. Um, okay, I mean, David, just 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 one thought. I mean, you you touched a little bit on on your own career. I mean, for people thinking about career paths, your own career path has has, has been fascinating because you've been different areas of the firm. Is it, is it possible just to just to spend a few minutes talking? As you say, you mentioned where you, where you started and almost your your journey a little bit. Yeah. So I uh, trained and qualified as a litigator at a big city firm called Slaughter and May. Um, and I had fantastic training there and I very much enjoyed my time as a litigator. Um, for family reasons, I moved out of London and went to a firm called Rag & Co and continued as a litigator there. And I was given an opportunity to work um, on secondment for a month with a new team which was being developed working with the IT, looking at how 
um, the firm could be more efficient. How could we standardize the way in which we were doing things? So I went in there to do uh, a month's secondment uh, in the first month of the year 2000. And I haven't gone back to traditional legal practice since then. So 20 plus years, um, uh, I stopped being a, a, a traditional lawyer. Um, and that passion for improving the way in which legal services have been delivered has been at the core of everything that I've done since. So I've started off in knowledge management. Um, I've had some roles uh, running training for an international law firm. So how do we develop the skills uh, and talent that we have? Um, I came to Pinsent Masons eight years ago as the first director of knowledge, setting up a, a knowledge management function, looking at the way in which we could, again, do that standardization, but also looking at some, some capability development there. And then over the last five years, that's really developed into a, a sort of pure innovation role. So um, I set up an innovation function. I poached people from across the firm. I found that we had these technologists, these people who were keen to do things differently in different pockets. Um, and I found three or four of them, bundled them together and created a centralized team who was looking primarily at the, the use of technology within legal practice. That expanded to be 30, 35 people and got to the point where we actually merged that back into the core technology function, something which had been a sort of guerrilla IT function had become mainstream. We'd gone from being a startup to becoming a bit mainstream. Um, and so that, that team is now working with our core IT. And my role is really to have these conversations with clients. Well, what is it you're trying to achieve? What are your wider outcomes? And how can we bring the full range of Pinsent Mason skills and capabilities to help you solve that problem? If we look forward now, you, you spoke about your career. I mean, that fascinating journey you, you've been on there, the areas you've built, the way the firm's expanded, the way the firm's changed, and that whole unit of innovation and knowledge, as you say, and tech that, that's developed. If we look forward another, say, I don't know, five years, let's take Pinsons, for example. What do you think that might look like? I think we're going to have more people within the firm providing services directly to clients who aren't lawyers. I think that's going to be the fundamental thing which is going to change. And that's going to be at every level within the business. We're going to have more graduate entries coming in with different skill sets. We're going to have people who are working directly with clients at junior level. And we're going to have more partners within the firm who are from other disciplines other than being lawyers. And I think that's going to really help us um, focus on different things which we want to provide with clients. I think we're going to have a few challenges as deciding which areas we want to do and which areas we don't want to do. Um, as soon as you open up this opportunity to do other skills in a firm like Pinsent Masons, everybody says, great, I can do this, I can do that. We could do all these different things. So I think we need to be quite targeted and strategic about the other areas in which we're going to provide services to clients. But I think in the future, that's going to be the hallmark of, of Pinsent Masons. We, we talk about ourselves being a professional services business with law at the core. Yes, we'll be providing primarily legal solutions to help clients solve their business problems, but we'll bring all those different Different skill sets to bear in order to be able to do that. Um, I'm hopeful that it'll be a successful journey um, and that we'll have captured this spirit which we've got at the moment, which is everybody wanting to do things better, both for us and for our clients. Um, I also think we're going to be a business which is going to be uh, much more aware about um, the climate change and the environment. I just think there are so many other pressures on businesses that um, that for us is going to be a, a, a really important driver over the next five years. How can we as a business reduce our impact from the environment, but increasingly as our clients um, increase their ESG agendas themselves, how are we able to support them with that? So five years time, I think that will be something which is going to be absolutely mainstream. So David, what I heard you just say there was actually it's interesting because you're building again the firm's agenda around your client's agenda as well. And that alignment point, as you say, around environmental social governance issues becomes really critical. And we always used to talk when I was in the firms about how we how can we connect with clients on a values level? 
And that whole thing of actually how can you connect really deeply, whether it was around pro bono and therefore, you know, giving back and helping or things like, as you say, the environmental and, and social social areas as well. So that becomes really critical, I think, for firms in the future. I, I agree. If we were to give people, some of our listeners, a few tips of things they could think about, what would we say? They were probably at the very beginning of their careers, people listening to this. So what would, we th- what would be a couple of tips we could give them, do you think? I think the first thing is to be curious and to read widely. Um, find find different topics which you're interested in, which might be adjacent to law. So if you're interested in being a lawyer, think about the other things which are parallel to that. Look at some of the things which um, other consultancies are involved in. Um, if you're interested in a particular area of law, so for example, you're interested in uh, in litigation, well, think about the different skill sets which go around that. Or if you're interested in, in corporate work and M&A, think about the different skill sets which are involved in people who are delivering a, a piece of piece of uh, M&A work and then explore ways in which you can develop some of those skills yourself so do you need to increase your financial awareness do you need to get your uh, a better understanding of um of the way in which a loss is calculated do you need to to think more about the technology which can support those different things so don't just focus on the legal aspects of what you're doing find other ways to open your aperture um one thing that i would recommend if you can do it is to read the economist uh, for me that's a great source of inspiration from other industries and other sectors um and that for me would be a, my top tip if you can read the economist and spend a few hours a week looking at that that would be a, a great source of uh, of inspiration very good. And I think one thing you've hinted at there, David, and we've talked about throughout the podcast is this thought of almost be quite open if you're listening to this and you might be a scientist or you might be wherever you might be. But actually, there could be very interesting opportunities in the legal sector as well. Yes. I mean, look at it the other way around. We have a lot of people from a scientific background who've come into our life sciences practice, helping our clients uh, develop uh, pharmaceutical products. And people, again, with that experience coming in, are able to provide a completely different sort of advice to our clients. So, yes, if you are in a a STEM um, uh, study at the moment, think about ways in which you could bring those skills into a law firm, because we're increasingly keen to have people with those backgrounds working with us. Very good. David, that's a great, uh, great point to end on been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us today and uh, and good luck with the next phase. Thanks very much, Nigel. It's been a pleasure.